0: what we do we do for we do for kids you know and, and if you're not putting it in the effort to make those kids better and help those kids and like make it a really good experience for them it's probably not the right fit
1: if you're not making an effort to build a tick tock for kids to have a good time you're a terrible <laughs> club
0: director i completely agree with you bro that's the headline of this podcast
1: This is the little studio i scored i went on airbnb and like found a place i just messaged everyone in poland and was like "Yeah, thousand bucks a month that's the budget thousand bucks a month and i'm like on a lake in this beautiful spot with this huge three-story house like it's insane i scored that's awesome yeah and i worked nice
0: what's that naked body you have nice naked body statues behind you too this is just yeah some well, inspiring stuff back right there
1: yeah and they're like they got questions. That's why I think it works so well. You know, they're just like tilted like this. You can't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of you know? This is why we'll, this we'll, is the question room. We'll dude. We're here to question things. <laughs> All right. Wow. What's up? Welcome, uh, to tallest podcast on earth. I'm here with Matt Houlihan club director of the world's greatest and most well-known club beta Bay volleyball, dude. Thank you for coming. I
0: praise. That's high praise, dude. I mean,
1: I'm like I'm so stoked to get to speak with you because I have like so many thoughts. Um, There's like such a big disconnect between like professional and club. And like, I just want to I want to talk about all the way. I want to learn from you about what's going on in the club world. First of all, I see some trophies behind you, dude. What are those trophies?
0: Yeah, we got some trophies. Those are so. These are from this year. Give a little little tilt to the camera. Oh yeah. Uh, those are from AAU this year, and then the uh, USA volleyball ones are all over there by the water heater. Um, my wife Ariel always she doesn't. She, when I first put when we first moved into this house, we set up all the stuff in our garage. It's kind of like this is our office is the garage. We converted it. Um, we put all the I put all the trophies up there, and this is where I have all my Zoom meetings. And Ariel comes in, she's like, "You look like an asshole. You need to move <laughs> So We moved them all over to the water heater, but hats off to all of the the coaches and kids at Beta Bay. They've they've now filled the area of the water heater, and this is the only spot left. So, uh, and the AAU trophies are like just ridiculously big for for no reason at all. So they take up a ton of space. So that's our our summer haul from this year. So there was a uh, I think seven teams that medaled. We had one one team win it all, and uh, three teams make the national championship. Uh, and then a a number of of third places so it was a it was a pretty good summer
1: dude a powerhouse and you know i got the first the first thought that comes to mind is like what's it like being the world's youngest club director
0: (laughs) i don't know if we're the youngest anymore when we first started we took over when we were 21 let's go the boy could barely have
1: his first drink and he's already running the lives (laughs) of many children dude uh
0: yeah it was we were pretending to be older like we would I was dressing up in, you know, a polo shirt, and everything was—it was all business. It was like we were, we were making it as 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 elder as possible um, in the way we did things. But I mean, yeah, being being young you, in a world that's predominantly a pretty pretty older position in terms of club directors was was super interesting because I think the naivete of what we had going on really played to our advantage of like. The things we didn't know we definitely didn't know and we just wanted to try and be really good at um some stuff that wasn't really focused on like we just had a we had this vision of like what if we were still playing you know like you and i both played at beta bay and so we have a beta bay experience of our own um and thinking about what we wish we could have had was the stuff that we first you know we started to try and stack on to what we offered um and so uh i mean social media was like the easiest lowest hanging fruit that we jumped on was like what's we need to be like hyping these kids up and, and getting their getting photos and videos of them going on you know on instagram and TikTok and all these different things and so that was that was one um and actually kind of played to our advantage. it was it's surprising how little social media was happening on you know in club volleyball 10 years ago when we took over um, obviously much more commonplace now. Uh, and then, you know, we added different programs, like we, we used to practice only on Saturdays and Sundays as, as kids. And it was, it's great for, you know, uh, our area where we get a bunch of kids that drive from all over the place. So, you you know, you don't have to worry about the Bay Area traffic and you get your two team practices, but not a ton of time, right? You don't get a ton of, a ton of reps to really develop. So then we added skills practices. So during the week, we have a pin hitters practice. That's just specifically focusing on that position and a setters practice and a middle's practice and a libero's practice. And we just slowly added those positions um, throughout the years and just got like an, an extra, an extra day for each kid in the club to get to train, and, you know, kids come to multiple different things that just, you know, you, you get a, you get a kid like young Taylor Averill walking in the gym and, you know, you immediately stick him in the middle cause he's tall and, and then you start to flip them around to different spots and say, "Hey, come to setters practice today," or you know, come to pin hitters practice, and you get to kind of let those those guys develop in different ways. And it's just a good offering, and um, it's a good way to get kids.
1: Dude, it's huge, and that's oh, there's just so many things. Not even just because Beta Bay, to Bay is, has a special place in my heart because I played there and we both did, yeah. but it's just so clear that you guys. I think you have such a beautiful balance of making volleyball fun again. And also giving these kids opportunities, like you said, to train different positions, to play more often. I mean, didn't you guys started also like a grass tournament or like a like a little grass yeah. league or something?
0: Yeah. So a number of the other things that we like added on was um, so we have a beach club that was like the first outdoor one that we added, which has been huge. And one of our uh, good friends, that's you know uh, another UH alum, Alex Jones, who played with you. Um, started our beach club. And so he runs that every Sunday morning for three hours, 8 to 11 a.m. And just, you know, it started with like 40 kids and then went to 60 and then it went to 80. And then we added additional sessions. And now we have, you know, throughout the year, like 160 kids playing beach, right? And just like one of the best cross training tools you could possibly do where same thing, like you, whatever position you play indoors doesn't matter on the beach because whatever you suck at, they're going to attack. If you're a bad passer, they serve you. If you're a bad setter, they serve your partner, right? Like whatever it is that's your weakness, it just gets polished out by your opponents um, throughout the day. And so it's, that's one of the other ones we added um, during COVID when, you know, the Bay Area was really strict and, you know, we, we don't own a facility. We use just a number of different gyms. Um, the first thing that schools stopped doing was outside rentals, you know, so we used local colleges, high schools, community centers, all that shut down. Uh, and so we were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And we got really lucky. One of our coaches uh, is the VP of marketing at uh, the local uh, minor league baseball club. Um, and so during COVID, they were shut down as well. And when, once things like kindly, kind of finally started opening up a little bit to just outdoor sports, we run a grass volleyball tournament in the area. So we had 30 grass nets. And so one of the first things we did, we handed out grass nets to kids. So during full shutdown, they came and picked up grass nets from our, from our house. Like we left it on our patio, a kid would say, Hey, I'm coming. <clears throat> they come pick it up and they got to set it up in their backyard and just play during COVID. And then once it reopened up, we <laughs> took them all back and set up a grass club at this local baseball stadium in the outfield. Um, and it was just a super fun experience uh to get those kids back out there like right? like first time out of basically quarantine for a lot of kids uh and they got to do it in a really cool setting with like the st- stadium speakers blaring and you're you know you got all the banners and different things flying around it was a really fun environment and it just kind of stuck since covid because it was a really fun experience to be able to do you know we would we do triples and we do a fours tournament we did a six-man tournament uh you do a bunch of different stuff that's you get to do on the grass that you don't get to really have indoors and so it's just a fun environment so we have you know grass club that goes on at the same time and so it's just another it's another program that we get to kind of add in that uh, gets kids playing and, and introduces them to the sport in a like a more fun unique way than just coming onto the court and going through a clinic and uh, there's just different ways to play the game and we get to kind of showcase all those aspects so it's been a fun one
1: yeah and I you know you talked also about like social like all the social media stuff you guys are doing you know like the when i think of beta bay honestly i just think of like the young blood dude just coming in being innovative like let's talk about drop dimes for a second like you guys started this company and i'd love to hear a little of the story of how that got started if you don't mind telling me also anything i ask and you're just like not a fan of it you just let daddy know we don't have to talk about it okay uh don't
0: worry daddy i'm a
1: fan i love how like you know finally i got to come back home and i don't get to come home often and ran a clinic with you guys and like it was so so cool to come back home and just gave me like so many feelings of nostalgia and just like so excited to be back um but like i come back and you're like we're talking about making shorts and you're like, yeah, here's what we're working on right now. And then there's like NFT on the pocket. It's like, dude, that, that stuff is way past me. I guarantee you no other club in the world is doing that. But like, that's what I think is so cool. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about where like you and Ariel, to me, like you just add this like fun, innovative space in the volleyball community, club community specifically, that I just think is like missing a little bit. You know, like there's so many kids who are like, I just want to get better. Their parents just want to put them somewhere where they can get better, and it's like I think you're such a great representation of the balance between we're gonna create skillful players on and off the court, and we're also gonna have a blast. So like, how do you manage all of that?
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. That's very kind of. I mean, I think I I gotta credit my wife Ariel for a lot of that. Like the biggest thing that that Ariel always pushes in any of our like initial coaches meetings. Like our, our, we will always hire a coach that's like just a good person over volleyball, knowledgeable person. We'll take someone who has no idea about volleyball, as long as they're a good person and they understand like, this is about an experience. Hmm. Um, because our goal is not like, if all we're trying to do is just win, 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 win and, and train kids to be, you know, at volleyball, then we're, we're definitely missing a piece of the puzzle. So during coaches meetings, like one of the first things Ariel says is your goal as a coach is to get the parents on your team or the parents in the gym around you to pull out their phone, right? Mm. To pull out their phone and start recording because you can kind of just imagine those moments of like you're a parent and you're like, oh, my God, I got it. I got to take a video of this. I got to record what's happening right now. Um, It's just so like my son is doing this and it's awesome. And I've never seen him act like this before, whatever it may be right so stuff like you know just simple things like going and cheering for other teams in the club and like just getting rowdy and and filming it and then putting it up on a on a social media post um you know doing doing whatever silly tiktok trends pop up letting our kids just have fun with that uh during practice and and taking some time to like go over and play different games or whatever it may be and just you know trying to instill a, a sense of of uh It not just being like all about the winning, kind of creates a cool culture, and it creates a cool cool thing that kids get to be a part of, Um, and I think that's a big piece of of where our success has been. Because you know, you think about how clubs succeed; it's it's getting kids engaged and loving the sport. When they love the sport, they want to play more, and when they play more, they get better. Um, And if you do that in a way that's like natural, and they're enjoying it, and it's you know, it's coming from them, and it's not this forced thing from their parents or this like forced thing from the club uh you get a lot of you get a lot of magic and so i think we've been lucky in the sense that we've gotten a lot of kids in pretty young um that are enjoying it and they keep playing they keep playing they keep playing they stick together with that group right and and you know good teams can attest to that the more you get to like really form that connective tissue the better you get uh down the road um and so having that ability and seeing that kind of grow up like the team i'm coaching now at 18s was the team that when we first took over literally 10 years ago we had two of these kids that are on this team now were eight-year-olds and they walked in the gym and they've been in the club since and they've been just these little studs um for for a number of years of course added peas as we went but it's just i mean for us we're really lucky because i mean what what more fun of a job could you possibly have like i i have no desire to be a college coach i have no desire to be anything else than what we get to do right now because it's like it's just a blank canvas that you just get to go mess around with like i've got whiteboards all over here that are just like ideas and we just throw stuff out and it's like let's try and do this this year right like we want to do a six-man tournament great let's do it let's try and do that or hey we want to make we want to make this and it sucks okay crush it no more we tried it didn't work all right all good move to the next thing um and you just get them, you, you get to play around with stuff
1: what are you what are you working on right now you got anything brewing are you allowed to give us a little secrets on what we got thinking what we planning
0: yeah let's look at the whiteboard i'll look at the whiteboard and give you like a, what
1: do you think is one of your ideas like that was like i don't know if this is gonna work and it ended up just being like killer or the opposite way i don't know
0: uh i think so the the grass tournament that we run there's like on the east coast grass tournaments are huge right there's Mm. so many huge grass tournaments that are just these spectacles right these awesome events that are like it's like part music festival part volleyball and like food beer whatever it may be like those have been really cool um and so we started we started that four and a half five years ago now um we started doing that tournament and the first year it was like you know it was it was small and it wasn't super it wasn't super cool you know it was but it was a different no one had really played grass volleyball on the barrier specifically at the younger kids level like adults will do it uh in the adult rec sense but not a ton of anything for kids and so slowly but surely that's kind of started to become just such a staple thing uh that we were like oh, I don't know if this is actually gonna work it was a lot of effort you know we had to buy we bought 30 nets and and we needed like 10 the first year but during COVID side note worked out great having those nets. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, that, that just kept growing. And then we kind of, we were just iterating. We, we did it in Morgan Hill at a soccer complex. that's huge, right? Like if we wanted to expand it to Morgan Hill. We could put like 200 nets up and it would be this massive thing. So maybe down the road, but then we found the right venue and we do it at the ballpark now. And so the ballpark serves beer and wine and it's got music going through the speakers and you've got a PA announcer and we have security and we've got all the bathrooms built in. You get this whole you know, like perfect kind of storm together and it made this event into just something that's so much fun now. Like it is literally my favorite thing to do each year is running that event. Cause it's just, it's like a, my volleyball community party, right, that I just get to, we just get to put on and like our kids get to come to it and run around in the outfield and do all this different stuff. And um, that one was one that we are like, Ooh, don't know if this is gonna work out. And, and actually has ended up being something super cool. Um, but the most recent one to to hearken back to your question of what's going on now, we we just um, we're sponsoring the local pro team in our league now, or in our area. Yeah, dude. So wait, first of all, talk, talk
1: talk to me about that. I didn't even know that we had a pro team in the in the Bay Area.
0: So yeah, it's I mean, right now, so it's the VLA. Right, there's kind of two competing like men's pro leagues in in USA right now. You got NVA and you got VLA, and so this is a VLA club um and it's it, it's a lot of like our it's a lot of the former division one players that are in the area right so you got guys who are working tech jobs you got guys that are coaching um different stuff like that um and it's it's all those guys together and there's little pockets throughout the country that have you know that have these teams right so like Lloyd ball's got a team Team Pineapple, you've got um, Team LVC out on the East Coast, you've got uh, Rising Tide in Southern California. And so there's a number of like, there's a number of teams that have popped up and formed. What's our uh, mascot? And they kind of play our mascot. I
1: mean, like, what what are <laughs> we, the, the, the
0: team? It's the bunnies, it's the bunnies. The team is Bay Area Dimes, but the, the mascot Bay Area, is the bunnies. The Bay Area Bunnies? No, the mascot is bunnies. <sighs> Bay Area the Bunnies team. is kind of sick though. Yeah,
1: but that's, the, you mascot. Gotta put job done. that's the mascot. yeah, 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 that's cool. I was supposed to wear yeah, that one day, and that never dumb. worked out. So I can't wait to see it in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, the, the the bunny. We have the bunny costume, right? So another <laughs> like that was that was Ariel's thing last year, which you're well aware of. Ariel yes. was trying to get for those listening. To this, my wife tried to get it tailored to come wear a bunny costume at a boys' youth volleyball tournament. Uh, and run around and make a fool of himself and but, not uh, to
1: harp on ariel but she didn't push hard enough dude i was ready <laughs> you know like i was real ready i was doing i was warming up i was waiting for that call dude and just never got it it's fine dude she got
0: she got the large bunny costume too so that it would fit you like a human of your size this is it's what, gonna she happen she just wants again. someone yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly she just wants the yeah. spectacle right That's like it. again take out the camera the bunny is coming around we gotta take a video with the bunny yeah um yeah. So Bay Area Dimes is the, is the team and we re- rebranded it to that. So it's bad volleyball, BAD. Um, just so many, so love many things that. we could work on. Oh my bad God. Volleyball. I already love
1: that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the merch, the merch is going to be, it's going to be killer. Flying uh, off the shelves. Yeah. So we, we, we basically sponsor that team. So kind of pay for their entry fees and travel and do all that stuff. And the big thing is just number one, it's like so many of our coaches do it. And so it's supporting our coaches and, you know, there's obviously like a business side of it as well, that we're like, we're trying to bring people in. And so having, you know, our, for the club side of stuff, like coaches is our number one thing. Like that is the product essentially is your Mm. coaches. And um, so trying to get the best people in and people with, with great volleyball knowledge are always hard to find. Um, And so being able to bring people in that like, want to play and want to be a part of something, uh, and then, like, also having the ability to, hey, are you interested in coaching too? Is is cool. That's not the number one thing, but it, hopefully a secondary benefit. Uh, and then, yeah. uh, and then having them be able to play against our older teams too. Like our 18s team gets to scrimmage them, uh, and it's really cool. And having them practice in our gym and our little kids like look up and see some former D1 guys going and doing some really cool things is, is just a cool thing for them to be able to kind of have going on on the court right next to them. Dude, Uh, as well
1: really really quick you you mentioned uh, that like finding good coaches is hard to find can you talk to me about that
0: yeah i mean
1: why do you think that's the case
0: uh, i mean we're not talking about people good
1: people i'm sure there's plenty of good people but just from a skill perspective
0: i mean yeah i mean coaching like anything is a a skill you know and and just because you're a great we've had many great players that aren't great coaches Mm. um some of our Best coaches are, are guys who are just great communicators, um, being able to manage like you're dealing with with 12 kids. And on top of that, you've got 24 parents. Right. And so this is youth sports. And so you're, you have to kind of balance those all of these stakeholders and, and being a coach and, and, and providing a really good like club volleyball experience like we as directors try and take much as possible in terms of communication and logistics and all that stuff off of the coach's place so that they just have to coach and build relationships with the players on their teams um but you know it's it's always going to be there's there's always a mixed bag and it's kind of the same thing right You, you have you bring people in and you try and we try and onboard them and tell them like this is how we do things and go through that whole process but you know there's always different leveling there's different levels of how bought in people are um, and the good thing is being able to go through that and like pretty quickly realize ah, I made a mistake on this coach like mm. being able to cut it loose for the most part we have not had that happen really at all I think I, I think we've fired one coach in our entire time of being director uh, but there are definitely coaches that you know like ah, my priorities are shifting um, you know I'm I'm I've got this sales job and it's taking up a lot of my time and I don't think I, I'm, I'm really cut out for it right now. Okay, all good. No worries. We can cut that loose. You know, we, we want people who, you know, really want to be there, uh, and really enjoy that aspect. So much of like being in the Bay Area, being in the Silicon Valley, we have got so many people who, you know, they're working these big tech jobs, uh, and they've got some high pressure set. Sa- there's a lot of high pressure sales, uh, that our coaches go through. And so there's, there's a balance that goes into it. Um, but the people who are here, we've got a really, really good group because, I think the coaches love being around each other. It's a, it's a really fun group and we get to go. It's, it's a, there's definitely the social aspect of coaching as well. Like, you know, after the tournament yesterday, we just played in a tournament, uh, up in San Mateo, you know, tournament ends, head over to the brewery for, uh, you know, a beer just to recap and hang out with everyone and, and then head home, right? Like just being able to do some stuff like that on the weekend, uh, is a fun one, and it's kind of some instant community for for guys. So when we have volleyball people move into the area, we get a lot of guys that will reach out. You know, they want to come play, or you know, they'll hop on and they want to be kind of a guest coach and and, and bounce around and be available and kind of give back to the sport. Um, but you always have to kind of make sure that yes, while there's the social aspect in that community, that there's also the understanding like what we do, we do for we do for kids. You know, and and if you're not if you're not like putting it in the effort to make those kids better and help those kids and like make it a really good experience for them, then like we're not really aligned and it's probably not the right fit. That happens sometimes. If you're not
1: making an effort to build a TikTok for kids to have a good time, you're a terrible (laughs) club director. I completely agree with you, bro. I completely agree. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's, that's, that's the headline of this podcast.
1: (laughs) No, but I I'm curious, I'm curious too. Like you, you mentioned a couple of good things, but uh, like, so to you based on your experience, like, what makes a good coach? Like say there's some kid from a different club or like a guy who wants to get into coaching, Coaching, like what advice would you give him to, from what you've seen that like you think is a good formula for being a successful coach?
0: Yeah, uh, a couple, a couple pillars. Number one would be communicator, right? Of like, they're just really good at at, at being able to elaborate on their thoughts and demonstrate what they want to happen, right? Both like x and o's but also just like life of being able to hey pull a kid aside and and notice like taylor what's going on man how you doing today like you you look down or just you know you're what's going on you're struggling a little bit how can i how can i help you right being able to give feedback in a proper way like communicating number one if you can be a great communicator that that's that's a huge huge piece of the puzzle for coaching number two being organized um being able to plan a practice being able to kind of overview a tournament and like try and figure out how you're going to get all of your guys a good amount of playing time and make sure every kid feels like they've got like a really good role right so you know being able to take some time and actually you know put pen to paper and have a thought process behind what you're doing will take you a long way right if you if you can go through a tournament on a full day and take like 10 minutes once the tournament's done and just take down some notes of like, wow, we were really bad at off blocker defense today. Out of system attacking was, was a struggle. We did a great job at, you know, float serving, but jump serving was tough, whatever it may be. Like there's your next, there's your practices for the next three weeks. And you can just plan around that stuff. Um, but there's a lot of coaches that don't do that. Right. And so you kind of just, you, you don't, those teams don't take this, you know, ladder step up throughout the season teams that don't, that where a coach isn't having a thoughtful mindset behind the way they approach practice, they kind of just, you know, they teeter around and maybe they make a jump because the coach like had a good practice or a couple two in a row and then they drop back down because they didn't have a thought process behind it, right? So organization and being able to kind of put actual thought process into your plan would be the second one. And then, you know, I think the third one that again, kind of goes back to what I would say for, for, Ariel is the ability to kind of build something beyond just the volleyball, right? I would chalk up like X's and O's into your system and your organization. So put that in the second mm-hmm. pillar. But like the third one is kind of that, like, like those intangibles of being able to like, hey, we're going to make it fun today. We're going to do a team bonding day today. Uh, we are going to, we're going to, we're going to take, we're going to go take 30 minutes before practice and we're going to watch some film. We're just going to watch this play. We're going to watch Taylor play. We're going to watch Dustin play in Poland. We're going to do this. We're going to do that, whatever it may be. Um, we're gonna do it. We're gonna go watch a Stanford men's volleyball game this weekend as the team, you know, being able to kind of go a little bit above and beyond and make it a cool experience. Or, hey, we're gonna have a team dress up day. You know, Saturdays is tank top Saturday, and best tank top gets a, you know, gets a slurpee from me at the next practice. Those types of maybe they're still making slurpees. Heck yeah, come on, post practice slurpee 7 Eleven. That's like they probably got crazy flavors. Yeah, yeah. the question, the question of the uh, the week this week at Setters Practice was, and I'm going to ask it you, would be, all right, post-practice, you just finished up, hard day in the gym. This is kid, Taylor, not like peak performance, I'm eating healthy, I'm being my best me, mm-hmm. Taylor. Mm-hmm. This is like 17-year-old brand. So actual
1: Taylor, practice. got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, actual Taylor, post-practice, you're hitting up 7-Eleven. What three items are you getting? No budget.
1: Uh... Dude, on- honestly, even when I was a kid, I was like protein bar guy, even to this day I'm the same way, like just go in there for some like tasty little protein bar or like a muscle yeah. milk or something, probably yeah, back yeah. then. Like I wasn't, I wasn't big time, like uh, dirty snacks guy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will tell you this, dude. Ooh, you just brought me back, dude. Actually, where I would go first is taquitos, baby
0: taquito okay, okay
1: taquitos dude i freaking loved the taquitos they
0: had they Once, had so they're just rolling they're like rolling on that little, little yeah they're thing just
1: like, they've <laughs> been there for days dude just cruising yeah. around on that little rotisserie <laughs> that's where i would go so to me that's exactly what i would get I get a protein get that um 17 year old taylor might have gotten the drink, Ari- the drink yeah i was just gonna say uh probably like a arizona iced tea yeah 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 big get, one, like lemon
0: tea. lemon raspberry or would you go
1: yeah, lemon, lemon was yeah exactly lemon. Just a classic, been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always been like pretty classic lemon guy. Sometimes that uh, there was like a peach something too that was really good. Ooh,
0: yeah, peach was good. Peach yeah, was good. those are the two. Yeah, those are the Ariels cool. as well. You, you and Ariel, peach. be you'd be friends. she was, what did she I was have on the Arizona nice tea
1: I came over to your uh garage actually this last summer. What did you guys have in the fridge? Lacroix. That's what it was. LaCroix. Crushing, yeah, yeah. crushing the Croix.
0: Yeah, populuses it's,
1: it's unbelievable how big they've gotten. <laughs> like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, what is ev- what yeah. even is natural flavors, bro? I think we talked about this. Like, I, I don't even to this day understand if if it's like a. I can imagine it's like a little dropper, and they just drop like a scent into yeah. it or something, like a liquid. I feel scent. like they just
0: take. I feel like they just take sparkling water, and then they like. Dip a a like piece of grapefruit in it for like half a second. And they pull it out, <laughs> and like that's it. That is, that's LaCroix's formula.
1: And that would be an honest representation of natural (laughs) flavor, dude. So we could only hope that's how they're doing it. Um, Dude, I had a a thought when you were talking earlier, um, about like communicating with players. And in fact, I work, uh, been working one-on-one doing some one-on-one mentorship. Um, and in fact, I work with one of your kids and he's Hmm. not the example, but there's another kid I work with where sometimes I feel like, uh, I don't know if he is loving what I'm saying, if he is like lost with what I'm saying. And so my, it's not all the time, but sometimes I think, and this is even for like kids I that send me DMs and I respond to or whatever, just like kids I communicate with about like the middle blocker academy I'm building, like yeah. all these different things. Dude, sometimes I don't know if they're loving, because in my heart, I'm just like, I am the absolute resource for you, bro. Like, especially as a middle blocker, I'm like, you have access to me 24, seven throughout the week. Like I would be, if I were you, I'd be sending me questions like every day. And I'm like, dude, you had a rough day at practice. Send me a voice message. I'll send you something back. Like, let's talk. And sometimes they don't say anything. And I'm just like, I don't understand what's going on here. So my, my, my point is like, how do you like, what feedback do you get from them? Cause for example, like when i was 17 year old taylor beta bay i was very much like you knew exactly when you just looked at me you knew if i was having a good time or not on the sleeves, on the yeah, exactly and not not every kid is like that so when especially when you have to manage like all these different personalities and like they're still figuring out who they are and like how do you know if they're having a good time or if they're just like upset you know
0: yeah yeah because
1: sometimes i'll Uh, see them and they'll look they'll look upset and i'm like but then i'll ask him and he's like no this is really interesting i'm like really because it doesn't look like i can tell that it's interesting to you you know like i I don't know
0: yeah totally i mean so coaching coach i mean when i can only compare like coaching over zoom to what we did during COVID, and it's tough like it's tough to tell specifically like when you have multiple people and, and you're doing one-on-one stuff so it's 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 got to be a little bit a little bit easier but just it's hard to tell over zoom with these with these guys like and you also got to think about where these kids have been at like they did some of these kids did two years of online school and they're like so zoomed out that it's it's just hard to sell that even if they are like really engaged um in person you know it's I think it's a little bit easier to kind of pick up some some context cues of like where kids are at of like body language. Are they like are they leaning forward? Are they into, you know, are they into it? Are they not in the head? Um, But there's just some kids that, you know, personality wise, they're just going to be like quieter. And I don't know, like, is this is this kid just to just to ask a a little follow up? how, How often has this kid been talking to you?
1: No, no, no. So I've been so I've been working with the with this kid for the past like four months and he's he's actually not okay. Uh, bringing up the the kids that I work with isn't even the best example because to your point, like I see them every week and because I'm like the way I am, I will ask them be like, hey, what do you want today? Like, hey, what is this? What do you like? You know, do you like watching footage yeah. of pros? Do you like breaking this down? Do you like watching your footage? Like, so I luckily kind of fill that gap a little bit because I'm yeah, okay. Man. I want them to feel vulnerable with me. I'm not their parent. I'm not their coach. You know, I'm like someone who wants to see them succeed. I'm their boy. And that's how I try to, you know, that's how I try to. uh, Exactly. I think, you know, a better example would be I just did a uh, because I also do like one on one uh, with teams. So, for example, I just did this D2 program. And so, you know, they're asking me questions and people know a little bit of my story, like from Bay to Bay to like getting kicked off of two NCAA teams and like a little bit of like the struggles that I went through to get where I'm at now. Yeah. So, I'm like, you know, and I don't want to be this like super inspirational guy, and like, but my story's cool, dude. Like, I, I'm I feel so blessed to be where I'm at, and like, so I'm like giving them the rundown a little bit, and like, you know, I get super passionate, and worked up about things, whatever. And then the hour goes by, I answer some questions. It was like, you know, tell my story, interact with them, and then do a little QA. And sometimes it's like, not a lot of kids have questions, and I'm just like, what, yeah, yeah. like, what you know, you you're not curious about any of this, dude. I'm like, I'm playing on the dash, <laughs> I'm in the best league in the world right now. And I'm playing great. Like, you don't have any questions for me or then like, you know, I'm giving my story or whatever. And I say things and because I can't, you can't get all 12 kids or, you know, a team, let's say 20 kids feedback at one time. I'm just looking yeah. around, especially on zoom to your point. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if you guys are just like, Oh, this kid thinks he's like, okay, cool. used to do drugs. Like, I don't know what they're <laughs> thinking. And so this is like an actually like a personal question. I'm like, yeah. how do I get better in touch with, and maybe the attitude I've been trying to have is like, uh, a, you're you're not gonna please everyone. So let's say you yeah. wanna take your kids to go see a Stanford volleyball game. Maybe there's two or three that are like, dude, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna go like play with my friends or do something yeah. different, you know? Like you can't please yeah. everyone. And I can imagine that's so hard because like, and I know you're very similar, like to me, you're just such a likable dude. Like just, I love you, dude. You're just such a good guy. And so I could imagine like, you want to please them. You want all 12 kids to be like, I'm so stoked! What a great idea! We're going to raging waters, and we're gonna go do water slides. Like that would be, I'd be stoked on that, you know. But like, I personally have this weird complex of like, I want everyone to have a good time. I want to give you exactly what you need to help you succeed and to have a good time along the way. So like, how do you, how do you handle that, dude?
0: My goodness, man! You are you are you are hitting on when hitting on going back to like year one and year two of being a club director. Like that was me. Like I am. I am Mr. People pleaser. Like I just wanted everyone to be happy. It's the same, you know, same. It's like the same thing. I, I just want everyone to be happy. Like yeah. you're having a bad day. Like, what can I do to help you? Like I'll bet over like you want to do that? Great. Let's do that. And it just like in terms of running a business, it's a horrible strategy. <laughs> it's like yeah. the worst strategy ever. You're like, you will please no one when you do that. Um, and there's just there's just gonna be people that aren't a fan right like and and you're active on social media we're active on social media like the amount of hate that we get on social media is like oh all right bro it's a lot of hating on you there's a lot of negativity out here i see that and like we just we just have like throughout the years and i struggled so hard with it at the beginning i've just had to consciously kind of make the decision of like hey i know i'm not going to please everyone here with this with this decision or you know, like cutting. If you're making making choices of like players on teams, like that's that was the one that was really hard for me. I can and imagine. Make it, I make it about me because I'm the I'm the main character in my story. So forget Absolutely. you. Taylor. This I is about feel that. Well,
1: it actually uh, is. But
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, it's like cutting players. at The beginning, it's like I didn't want to cut anyone. It's like oh, he's been on this team for three years, but you know, he'd he'd really be better for him to play on the twos team now. But and this kid's pretty good. I want to take him on the team, but I don't want to make him sad and. Like in the reality, it's just like, you got to make your decisions and go with it. Like, and and you're and you're so passionate about what you do and what you speak about. And, like, I've gotten to see that just from our individual conversations behind the scenes and, and then just also on social media. Like, it's awesome. Like the passion that you show helps so many kids and it's going to piss off some kids too. They're gonna be like, forget, you know, forget this guy. This guy, I don't like this guy. This guy's a jerk, uh, whatever it may be. Um, but those are the kids sometimes where like, we we've started to respond to like negative comments just be like hey man i hope you're having hope you're having a good day like I'm sorry <laughs> like just trying to respond with
1: live videos of you in a bunny suit asking them if yeah. they've had a good day
0: yeah we'll just respond with positivity it's like hey man i'm just yeah. gonna give you love like if if you feel the need to like comment negatively on on this video of like a kid going up in slow motion and hitting a serve like i'm sorry um yeah. but there's obviously something else going on. So just, just, we've just started to respond with like, Hey, we're, we're going to be us. And, you know, we're really, we're really passionate about our guys and our club and, and trying to make it a great experience for them. And, and, and we'll respond to those and just say, Hey, so, it's all, so it's all good. I, I hope you're having a good day. Like, love you, man. Send a little heart, you know? And like, I
1: think I can imagine that's also a product of like, that's what you get when you put yourself out there to the world and you're trying to do something good. Like not everyone's going to be on the same page as you.
0: You yeah. Know? So I'm
1: sure now that you're a little more tenured, uh, you've gotten a lot better at just like letting that stuff go. And yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. You know, it. It. Uh, I was thinking too. I was like, how do you, how do you handle parents, dude? <laughs> how do you do it? Because yeah. I won't name any names, okay? But when I was a kid at Beta Bay, there were a couple parents on my team that were nightmares, dude. <laughs> Like nightmares. I couldn't believe it. My mom tells me stories to this day of like this mom or this dad or like, yeah. and we won't name names as much as I want to because I think there's so many good stories. But yeah, this is I post
0: can... post podcast <laughs> for me, yeah, yeah for sure.
1: <laughs> but like, I can imagine that exists across all planes of all levels. And like, you got to deal with parents. Yeah. Like, how do you manage parents? Like, what what are the common like? Complaints you get from parents, or like you just have a mom mom or a dad who's like way too involved, or like how do you navigate some of that?
0: Yeah, and it's all I mean, again, there's so many personalities, and there's so many different ways of there's different upbringings that people go through. And you know, there's there's, you've got families that are great and fantastic, and you've got divorced families that are struggling, and you've got you know, families that are sick, and that you've got a, a parent who's has a very terrible illness. You've had you have deaths, right? You've got families that are going through some serious pain and trauma. Um, and we've, we've had multiple instances where it's just like there's a behavior that's like, oh, that's unacceptable. Or, you know, someone's acting completely irrationally and Ariel or I will go up and have a conversation with them. And very quickly you realize like there's, there's something else going on, right? An example is we had, we had a parent that, that did something that was like got very angry and was like in a parking line, yelled at someone. Um, yelled at the person who was trying to help with parking and we're like, what like that was a beta bay parent. All right, we gotta go talk to this this person. Um, and talk to him. And then you find out like the, the mom passed away like a month ago. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Still not not okay, but like, yes, we understand what's going on. So just trying to you try and understand where where people are coming from. And and I think the biggest thing for us to like come back to like the big picture of just dealing with parents is it's just about just the same thing as with kids. It's it's setting expectations, like you. You get what you tolerate as a coach, right? If you tolerate your team being lazy, they're going to be late in practice. They're going to be lazy in a game, right? If you tolerate parents being crazy at a game, they're going to keep being crazy. Um, they're going to yell at refs. They're going to do this. and like We, we, we just try and set the, set the standard early in terms of our communication. We do, do a big group meeting. We do individual meetings. And we have kind of a script that coaches have to go through and kind of hit the hit the nail on of being a teacher
1: conference, off. baby. <laughs> yeah,
0: essentially a, a conference at the beginning, like this is the rules. Yeah. This is how we're going to do things. This is how we at Beta Bay are going to act. And that's for parents and players and coaches. And I think ever since we've really like we put in that script and we kind of like standardized it across all teams, so many headaches have gone away. Mm. Um, and we've got 19 teams this year when we first started with 10 teams we didn't have any of this we had so many more headaches because it was like people did people didn't know what the standard was and so they just did whatever they wanted right they were just going. they were we had people yelling at refs. we had people coming up to coaches during tournaments being like my son needs to play more you got you got all of this right and it's never there's never going to be a perfect season where you don't have some issues that pop up but being able to kind of let people know what we expect, and then being able to bring it back to that when we have those conversations of like, hey, we have a coach come up and say, hey, we just had this parent just came up to me and, and is upset and, and wanted to talk about playing time. And our mm. rules, hey, 48 hours after a tournament, that's when you can talk about playing time. That's My like sense. the most common one. And for the most part, probably 95% of the time, people adhere to that and we'll we'll follow the right channels and say, hey, I, we'd, like to, we'd like to talk, you know, Hey. little taylor didn't play much this past weekend and we'd like to know what he can do to get better why he's not playing and then and the what's coach your answer that. matt what's my, my answer why my mom playing?
1: calls you yeah why aren't i playing
0: because when you were in high school you had credit card hops and you didn't move like you do now you wow. you were you were kind of a little baby fat kid you know you're okay don't this. be
1: rude now you're being <laughs> rude no i'm kidding but i i am curious like yeah how, how do you i could imagine um, I could imagine that's tough for a coach and for a club director where it's like, well, the two if like let's take the middle position, for example. It's like, well, these two middles are like clearly starters. And if you're a coach, like how do you manage when to now? I'll be honest, because Beta Bay is just such a powerhouse, I know you guys are slaughtering other teams. So that I'm sure it's a little easier for you because uh I can imagine when you're just like destroying a team, like that's your time to put in guys who don't normally get playing time. But how do you manage that? Because, you know, you talked about like, yeah, it's where you, you do want to make it fun. You do want, you do have to manage a way for everyone to touch the ball or to more than that, know what their role is. But at the end of the day too, it's like you're playing against, uh, you know, like let's say the most boring club in volleyball, Balboa Bay. Let's say, for example, like let's say you're playing against their 18 ones and you're, you know, like I can imagine you want to win. So you're going to put the guys in who you think right now are going to help you win. So how do you, how do you manage, like, when is the time to put in a kid who it's like the, even if the parents are being like, you yeah, know, why isn't he playing? But it's like, come on, we know, we know why he's not a starter, but he yeah. does need to learn what his role is. Like, how do you, how do you yeah. manage that?
0: Yeah. It's so for, for us, what we tell our coaches is like our, our end goal, we, we train with an end goal in mind of just, we're trying to win one tournament and one tournament only. Right. We're just trying to win the last one. National championship is the only thing that we are training for. and every tournament around that like anything regional is practice and so our goal is like hey we're gonna we're gonna give guys some opportunities that's that is the goal we're, we we want to give our guys opportunities to play in those moments specifically early on right there's there's probably two tournaments ahead of nationals where we want to test like what we think like our hypothesis of like this is my group this is what i think is the group that's gonna gonna be the starters at that tournament that's gonna be like. The one we're trying to win and you want to test it so you get a balboa bay matchup say we say we go to chicago which will this year will be our first event um that's like national right we've got the best teams from the east midwest southern california northern california they all meet in chicago we play there. uh first round of gold let's say we we're lucky enough to make it to the first round of gold and we've got a matchup with balboa bay like we're gonna we're gonna run our starters right we want to see what it looks like with that group then but during pool play when we're playing teams that are also, you know, very good, but maybe a little bit more like hot and cold, maybe not as like high level and consistent as some of the top teams. Um, we're going to give our guys a shot still, right? You have to, you, when we say we want every kid to feel like they have a role, it's not just a, like um, the serving stuff. It's like, we want you to feel like you have a substantial role. Right. And so throughout the year, like, Hey, you are, you may be the second setter, but you need to be able to go in and win us this, this one three matchup so that we can rest this guy and so that this guy can have an opportunity to do this or whatever it may be right Should we wait, He'd be wait, able to step in
1: i need to pause really quick because we need to make pause an it. homage to alex jones who is the king <laughs> of bringing the second setter to win the game alex yep. jones dude i hope you're listening to this you are the man and we love you for that alex jones was like the classic he knew his role he was a bench guy when it was his time dude he, god dude he would be bringing the ruckus baby
0: yep Co- the consummate the consummate team guy there is a great video i think you should link it down below in this in this if you post this on youtube link the youtube video to alex jones being interviewed after beating csun at hawaii i think that was the match where he came in uh, off the he bench had a, he had a couple he came five. in yeah 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 uh, he had
1: a couple like that that year
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that but that one was special right because jones went to csun yeah. and got cut by csun and then went to hawaii and so easily, right? So easily, Alex Jones could have just bashed Seasun, right? Or just like gone in and like just soaked in that moment. And instead, he is just like so grateful to his coaches, both both staffs, all my friends over at Seasun. It was just such a fun experience. I'm like God, Jonesy, why are you so lovable? Just Dude, so lovable. So- you could you had your moment. You could have you could have rubbed it in the coach's face. Nope, not at all. Nah, Co- coach cut me. Didn't matter. I proved him wrong. Didn't matter. Didn't say anything about it. Just, I love the game. Game was so much fun, right? Like just such a good He's guy. the man, so you got a link to that one. That one. I love that video. We share that one. Probably, probably <laughs> once a year on social media, we just break <laughs> that one back out for Jonesy's birthday.
1: Sick. We will, <laughs> we will link it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, just to like switch gears a little bit. I'm, I'm yeah. curious too. Uh, why are referees so bad? <laughs> why are American referees so bad?
0: there's a referee crisis, Taylor, <clears throat> a total referee crisis. And it's, reffing is a hard job, don't get me wrong. Um, but like, there's not enough of them now. Like, it's, it's just such a hard job that no one wants to do it. Like, you don't get paid very well. People yell at you. Like, well, who's going to sign up for that environment? You know, like, this is it's not a fun thing to do. We, no. And we've played, um, we've played three tournaments now in Northern California. And we have coaches uprefing Almost every match, like this past weekend, we actually had three refs. We had three refs that were uh, the like the gold, the highest level matches, and they were great. All three of them were did a very good job, and I'm sure, I'm sure they got yelled at at some point throughout the day. Like even, even still, yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's it's tough. Oh, like, for sure. So the you look across the board. If you if you go to like a big tournament, take that Chicago tournament for example, that's coming up. It's going to be a huge convention center style tournament. You'll have like 70 courts. And you look up at all of the R1 stands like up on up on the R1 stand, if you just look across the gym, the average age is going to be 65 and up, right? Like <laughs> exactly. like everyone is old. Like yeah. all of the referees are old. And so part of the problem is they have gone through <clears throat> every rule change possible. Right. And like can, can we expect the 73 year old ref to be up to speed on on, on what the plus league is doing on on what you know what's happening in the international level of volleyball no is the answer like it's not going to be it's not going to be uniform across the board and so there's the fact that there's just so much disparity is what makes it hard but i will tell you this what's been interesting without refs the tournaments have gone really smooth because you have the coaches refing, right so the coaches up there and the coach you know our coaches don't want to do that obviously but when they do do it like things go smooth because the coach. I, can I cuss on this podcast, Taylor? Is this, is this a safe space?
1: You're kidding, right? <laughs> anyway, before coach- you before you <laughs> swear, I'm gonna tell you one thing. My mom. I don't know why my mom listens to these podcasts. I tell her not to because she gets to see the real me, and I'd rather her just have this beautiful angel version of me that I yeah. give her my whole entire life. Yeah. But she was like, she's like, Taylor, you swear, you swear too much on your podcast. Uh, So yes, you can say whatever you want because I want people to be themselves, you know. And like, I don't swear because I want to swear. I swear because sometimes that's just, like that's just that's how I was, dude. I'm not the most intellectual guy. But the point of that is I got an application that sends me a brand new word every three hours across the day. Um, Word, the last word of the day I had was dither, pretty cool okay. one. Yeah. So sorry. Yes, you can swear.
0: Okay, great. My swear and word... I'm sorry, mom,
1: that I swear too much. This has been very great so far. Matt's gonna break the the barrier here and bring <laughs> yeah, up he's the doing great. swear
0: word. <laughs> Taylor's mom, I'm sorry. I will, I will be the one. You can, you can send me a message if you're, if you're mad at me. But the, the swear word I was going to use is our coaches. The coaches across the board just don't give a shit when yeah. they're up there. Like they, yeah. they're just there to make the game go. They're not. They don't insert themselves. If it's yeah. horrible, like if it's a horrible set, they call it. If you hit the net, they call it. If you foot fault, they call it. Other than that, we're playing volleyball, yeah. right? And no one interferes, and it moves super fast because yeah, no one. Like, you get some coaches or you get some refs that like. Everyone knows that ref that just kind of like inserts themselves into the match for no reason. And like, it's yeah. like, stay off the sport court, scoot back, stop having fun. Oh, like, it's get the out of here. Worst, dude. Get here. That's that's if there's one rule that, that Ariel and myself could get rid of, that would be it. Let, we want, we want to make boys volleyball, the Manhattan beach six man. Like, that's what we want it to be. We want kids on the court. We want, we want energy. We want kids spirit. building pyramids. That's, yeah. That's the environment we want minus like the kegs in the sand. Right. Like right. that's, that's the environment we're trying to create. Right. So you got these coaches up there refing and things are going smooth because like, if I'm up there on the rest and a coach starts to yell at me, I'm going to be like, no, next point. Let's go. I, d- I don't care. Right. Like, this is what I saw. We're going like, we're moving forward. Uh and, and no one's inserting themselves into these games. Like, yeah, we're probably missing some amount of rotations here or there, or whatever it may be. But uh, like for the most part, it is what it is. And so it's it's been this really interesting situation of of referees not being there and then being there, how how different like the experiences have been for for teams and coaches.
1: Um, and also, yeah, I feel like I stated that question, like, why are refs so bad? And a lot of them are, and uh,
0: but I do want to say
1: that I do f- I feel for refs it's the same dude i have the same feeling when i see coaches you know like as someone who's played like such a high level it's like when i see a lot of coaches and have conversations with a handful of them like there's a part of me that's just like oh you just have no idea like i'll see what like training videos certain coaches will put up and i'm just like this is terrible this kills me but and that's why i started being so uh uh outspoken a little more on social media is like, well, what am I going to do? Am I just going to say, oh, the refs suck or I'm not going to be a ref just to be clear, but like, well, I'm going to help, I'm trying to help find a solution. That's what we're going to do here. But like, you know, like all oh, this, like this coach doesn't know what he's doing. It's like, no, now I can give resources to help educate them, you know? And like, that's also what I love about you guys. And you say it all the time. It's like, I don't know everything. I'm not playing at the international level. I'm going to bring in the guys that are. And it's like, I wish that, that more clubs, more referees, more of the volleyball community did that. And so one of my, one of the things I want to go two places, um, in fact, actually let's go this way first. The the first thing I think about is, uh, like censorship. You were like, I basically, basically you were like, I want to have all the fun douchiness of Madden's Beach six man with none of the alcohol. And so like my, my thought process too, is like, you know, sometimes, and I don't, I don't know if you guys swear or like whatever, you just chill with it. You're cool. Like when I came to. You know run a clinic with you guys it's like yeah sometimes i swear whatever and i I think that's just like it hits hard with especially with kids like whoa whoa he's like i swear sometimes with my friends like oh my god (laughs) you know like and to me it's just like i'm being me yes my mom i need to swear a little less probably expand my vocabulary no doubt but my my thought for you is like how do you find the line between like appropriate and inappropriate when it comes to like posting stuff or the way you talk or the way other kids are like how do you navigate that
0: yeah that's a that is a good one. So, there have been a couple times where we've like, where we've posted a video. Like, we'll put like, we're not just posting highlights. Like, when we make right. mistakes, we post it. And so, I'll always be like, I like, I po- like the first time we posted like an air one, I kind of felt bad. I was like, Ooh, I should have checked with that kid first before I like <laughs> put his like absolute lawful missile that he fired three courts over on social media. And I like went up to him during the next practice, was like, I should ask you like, are you cool with these? Like, oh yeah, no, totally fine. It was funny. It's all good. Like in good, in good faith. And then I was like, oh, okay, we're good. We're good. And I posted another one, like two weeks later, didn't ask the kid, went up to the kid after kid was not happy. I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Oh. Like, I'm so sorry. Like I was not trying to, you know, just, totally in good fun. I'll take it down right now. And then we kind of like Ariel and I were having that conversation. It's like, listen, like we we have to be able to make mistakes. Like, I don't think we should be, like, if, we, if, if a kid makes a silly mistake, it's, it's cool. It's good. And we yeah. have to, as coaches, kind of preach it. And so there was that, like, whole dilemma. It's like, all right, like, kids are going to be afraid to make a mistake because if Coach Matt's there filming, then he's going to post it on TikTok or whatever it may be. Um, and we just have, like, constantly been preaching into our kids of, like, make mistakes. Like, make the most glorious mistake. If you're going to make a mistake, like, let's try and, let's, let's go try and do something <laughs> Big. If you're gonna make a mistake, let's go viral, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, literally, it's just like we've got to be okay making mistakes. And this is like a this is a whole nother topic. But like we have kids who have had a lot of success when they're little kids, right? Like we've got a couple 12 and under trophies back there. That's like they've won when they're little, like the very first tournament they've experienced, and like they're on the medal stand. Mm. And so they've they've won a 12s national championship. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, is that the standard? Like I need to win every time. It's like, Mm. no. You won a 12s national championship when there were nine teams in the division, right? And there's, <laughs> and the best players are playing in four teams right now, yeah. right? So it's like, all of a sudden you've got these kids who like very easily could become, I'm afraid of making mistakes and I'm not going to progress because I think I need to, I think I need to win at all times and I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. And it's like, no, like we're going to celebrate the mistakes now. And so the answer basically we come back to is like, Hey, you make a mistake. Great. We're going to celebrate it by posting it on social media. And yes, if it if you're uncomfortable with that, I'm sorry. Beta Bay is probably not the place for you. Uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. Like we're we're gonna so be okay cool. with that because you have to be okay if if you're gonna get any 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 good, you have got to be pushing just outside that comfort zone. And you're gonna make mistakes outside your comfort zone until that becomes your new comfort. And then we push a little bit further. We push a little bit further. Um, and so that's that's been one where yeah, like we've gone through the the censorship portion of things of like what do we post what don't we <laughs> and for the most part like if it's in <clears throat> if it's in good fun and it's in good faith and it's not like anything malicious like we're, we're gonna we're gonna we'll put it out there like we're not trying to hurt anyone's feelings it's just this is this is for fun and if you have a big issue that. if someone wants to if you want to like comment a person take it down like you can do that and we'll think about it but probably if we if we a-okayed it to post it it ain't gonna come down
1: anymore yeah Oh, dude. I think that's so cool. Honestly, I think it's so cool because I think a lot of people are afraid to make that mistake. And I think that's, what's so amazing about you and the club you're running is like, it's a, like, it's a human experience club. It's not just volleyball. You know, it's like, yeah. this is how we're going to teach you to be a great human. Cause you're totally right. I experience it all the time. It's like, you want to, and this is, this is why I started this podcast too, is because like a lot of interviews are like, you know oh, what's your favorite color or like what oh, was it like as a like it's just you know it's like let's just be honest let's talk how we talk if you swear a lot like okay that's you that's how you talk like let's yeah. share that with people that we're all humans and that we make mistakes and that we can come back from them here's the lessons we've learned and like i just think that's so beautiful that you guys do yeah. that um i definitely uh, yeah i think it's you did a great job it's like that's actually what i wish we would have had when i was a yeah. kid <laughs>
0: i'm going to yeah. flip the script on you for a second if that's okay as a as a former club player former youth club player Going through college, going through professional, what is it? There's two questions. What is it that you wish you had? Right. So kind of going off of that, what is it that you wish you had when you were playing club? And then what is it that, like, if you right now were to start your own club, what would you, what would you try and do? Like, what would you make it about? Wow.
1: Uh, those are really, really good questions. Um, and I I well, let's let's start with the the last one, which was like, what would I do if I were to start a club right now? Um, I think the first thing you said, which was. Let's make this a good, let's, let's make this something bad, bad. Woo. was it called bad volleyball yeah. or whatever? Yeah, yeah you're bad <laughs> dude. Let's walk the line of what's appropriate and what's not. Let's like, cause I do think in some, like how many times I've done like Q and A's with colleges or clubs or different people. And they're like, do we loved your message? And it's like, I told my, oh, I told our kids that all the time. They don't listen to me. But when you tell it to them, it's like, that's what a club that that's why I love what you guys are doing. It's like, you're the voice for that. You know, it's like you guys do such a good job because you bring this youthful energy of actually really connecting with them. Whereas I also know a lot of other clubs who are run by, you know, uh, older people. And you can just see that that's their their formula. Their pillars are also like a bit ancient. Yeah. Rome is falling, you know. (laughs) And... uh, and so that's what I would want for sure, because like, that's the first and foremost, like, let's have a good time. The second thing I would do is what you're doing as well, which is I would create as many resources for these kids to play as much as possible. Like, and I tell this all the time, like, you know, I did when I first went to Beta Bay, um, I, I got, uh, I was actually sponsored to go there. We couldn't really afford it. His name is Ryan Georges. He like paid for my first time in club. So, and I'm sure you guys have some sort of scholarship program as well. That's definitely an important piece for me, like having that. Um, I also had a mentor, he was my mentor. And I think you guys have, you've helped me actually push to like reach out to your kids to do that. Um, that that'd that be another part of what I would do. And what I think you guys also do really well is like bring in those resources. To Cause to your point is like, there's no good refs because good players don't wanna be refs. There's, I'm not saying there's no good coaches. There's lots of good coaches, but there's not a ton of high level Olympic level or like really good league professional for a long time level of coaches, because A, there's not that many players who are doing that in America as well, but also they're not coming back to coach right away, or there's just not that many of them. So as a club director, it's like, well, you got to do what you can do, you know? And I, I think I know myself, I know Dustin Watton. I know some other people who are trying to start building, who are trying to build those resources also for clubs to help you guys. Help us and like help these kids ultimately get better and create resources for them. And I, at, at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, dude, all I wanted to do was play volleyball. That's it. You know? And like I, even some kids I work with, they're like, like the one kid I work with is basically a genius, you know? Like he's so smart. He handle he like manages his life like an absolute adult. That was not me, bro. I was like, what's that, Matt? I could wake up at 6 a.m. and go play on Santa Cruz on the beach all day. You're creating a tournament. I'll be there. You know, like I was trying to get rowdy. I was trying to have fun. Like I would have fit into your culture that you guys are building now, like even better, you know, like nope. I was all about it, dude. And so like, that's what, that's what I think. Like when I look at what I'm seeing from most clubs, from most colleges, from most coaches, it's like, ah, we just, they, there needs to be a reeducation going on, you know, or like, I don't want to say re-education. I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. Like I know everything, like, what do I know? But like, through my experience, it's like, man, I've been fortunate enough to play at such high levels and see different levels of coaching and experience different styles of coaching that. Once a couple styles in particular, I'm like, I don't see this anywhere. And I see this being so helpful for kids because kids need to be at every position, need to be touching the ball in a million different ways. Like they just need to be active and understand how their body moves. And like, there's just so many things you can do. Um, and I think. Can I honestly, double click
0: on that one for volleyball nerds? Yeah. Can you, I want you to dive, dive deeper into that one. Like the, the style of coaching where you're like, you've got a million different ways they're touching the ball. Like. Give me, give me the, the nitty gritty. Like, how would you do that? Is this a is this a Milan? Is this a Milan style? What do we got here?
1: I mean, Milan Zarkovich is the the godfather of this the style that I learned. Yeah. And in fact, a guy I work with now, Javier Weber from Argentina, has I've taken what I learned from Milan, and now I incorporate that with the like more structured system that I'm learning from this guy. And yeah. I'm like, I think I got the formula, dude. <laughs> like for real, it's the first time that everything's just clicked. Where I'm just like this makes so much sense and I can see how this breaks down into like how you could begin teaching these concepts to the youth. Yeah. Um, when it comes to a style of training, look, I'm just not about the like classic American volleyball is like show up, do, do the same D ROMs you do. And especially when you watch kids do D ROMs, it's like, really, you think that's useful having them touch their toes and like do Frankenstein walks, like Nah, there's so many better ways to do that. That's a whole nother conversation we need to get into a great resource for that would be, um, his name is Rhett Larson. Uh, he works with, I believe Belgium's women's national team or Germany's women's national team. I had him on the podcast episode four or something. Go check it out. We talk a lot about the different strategies you can use for warm up that I think would be unbelievable to introduce to kids. A lot of them are games and different, like bandit. Everything is about games and having fun, getting them to compete. And that also, you know, to me, that, that starts in warm-up. It doesn't have to be something where it's like, I don't know, like, okay, we're going like, to hold a plank for 30 seconds and then side plank and then like touch your toes and then do these. Not, not that I'm saying that those aren't also useful tools to have. It's like, but you see so many people doing the same things. And what are these kids doing? They're talking with their buddies. They're just like kind of going through the motions. It's like, they're getting nothing out of it. It's a waste. Well, guess what? You can make some of these things into games and make them fun and make them engaging and get these kids to compete while they're also stretching and maybe they don't even know it or activating and they don't even know it. That's the, to me, that's the, that's the secret sauce. And I also feel the same way when it comes to training, like there are, like you said, you're creating resources for these kids to hopefully touch the ball in many different ways. Guess what? Not all of them are doing that. Maybe some of them are studying for the, you know, to go work at Tesla, dude. And they just don't got the time for that. You know what I mean? And so like, you gotta get it done when you got those two days on the weekend to train with them. Well, that's why I believe so much in that, like the first hour, at least of training needs to be all skills. Like it just does, dude. Now granted, if you wanna be a, a high level setter, yeah, you gotta set a ton of balls, but look at all the high level setters. They're also really good on defense. They also understand the game really well. Like, what are they doing to expand their knowledge on the game? It's not just, like, how is their touch? Like, location, touch, that stuff just comes from setting more balls. You know, it's, like, you need to get them to understand and start thinking about the game. And based on what I know from, like, kids that I work with also, it's, like, and and when I look back on myself on when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, I wasn't, like, thinking about the game. I was just playing it. So to me it's like you have to find a way to introduce for that introduce to them in a fun and exciting way how to think about the game differently how to not teach them just one way of doing something and just do this and you're going to be fine like no and I use this example way too much but like when I went to UH it was with Charlie Wade one I was playing opposite and setter at the time if you can believe it yes I know you can believe it um I was playing opposite setter and I was someone who wasn't a good jumper and so I was always needing to swing block and he kept saying I was drifting past the the pin attacker. And so he was like, we need you to static block. And I remember being like, nah, I swing block. I can't afford to stat. I need to do, I need to do this. And at the time did not know how to communicate well with coaches and just like in the moment was like, no, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Explain it to me. Why would I do this? All of that to say, it's like, I wish I would have had the attitude of that's what you want me to do. Sick. What's that coach? Like our outside hitters hurt today and we only have. 12 players, so now we're down to 11 or, or we have 13 players. and Now you need to be, me to fill in his outside. Sick. All right. Let me, let me learn to pass. Let me learn to do these things. Uh, that was a very expanded answer all to say the style of training. I think that is really superior in my mind in every aspect of the game is being adaptable. You got to yeah. learn to be adaptable. What are you going to do? Like you know, I see this with pro players all the time. They need their t- 5 minutes of foam roller, they need their like, you know, their, their their arms to pepper where they're just throwing the ball back and forth casually and they're peppering. And, and granted, like game day, I like a little rhythm. I like a little routine. Yeah, little routine practice, yeah. practice time. Dude, have someone hiding in the stands with a bucket of water balloons. And every once in a while, he tries to hit me with a water balloon, dude. You know, like that's, that's what I want. I want to be yeah. adaptable. I want to be like, Oh, didn't see that. Oh, you know, like working on these little skills. And so that's obviously, uh, unrealistic. I don't know where you, you have to go task, grab it to even find someone who would do that or like hire some kid. I don't know what the rules are, but <clears throat> to me, it's more, it's more about like, can you get these kids out of their comfort zone all the time? And can you get them to compete while they're doing? doing it because having that competitive edge, it can't just exist in six on six. It can't just exist when it's tournament time and it's, it's go time. It's got to exist all the time. And a lot of that comes from, you also have to learn to respect each other and you build that respect also by building their confidence in their own skills. And that's the, the, in my opinion, the absolute best part about playing the highest level of volleyball is everyone really respect each other. Cause everyone's so damn good, dude. Yeah. Everyone's good. Everyone passes free balls perfect. Well. Not all the time, but most of the time it's like, you don't have to deal. It's like so refreshing different from, even from college, from club. It's like, ah, I don't have to worry about like little bullshit errors that we're all mad about all the time. It's like, they just happen so much less. And to me, a big part of that is what's your volleyball IQ? How skillful, skillful are you, you know? So this idea of introducing some kind of like, and I see you guys do it because I know Jones learned a little bit from Milan Arkovich as well. And like, um, just a little bit of that style of like, and. Austin Einhorn is also a great resource of just kind of like once you own a skill, like peppering, once your team owns the skill of peppering, what can you do now? Can you place a net in front of them? Can you... Take away a contact. Can you add a contact? Can you make them go short and long? Can you make them go left and right? Can you, and so finding ways to like, that's why baggeroni, every time I do a clinic, I always start with baggeroni because it's the most fun game of all time, volley tennis or whatever, you know? And it's like, it gets them to think in different ways. As you're running towards a ball, you're with your peripheral vision, seeing is the guy short? Is he long? Is he left? Is he right? Trying to, can I trick him a little bit? Can I go, should I go deep with it? You start to understand the game in a way that's fun and playful and competitive and so when i see these drills there's like one viral drill of just like attacking for example where this coach is just like tossing a ball yeah, at yeah. i'm sure you've seen it We've these seen kids it. are yeah. just bouncing the ball under the net i'm just like the world needs to change dude, dude. <laughs> yeah you go
0: look at the comments of that video and it's like we need to do this in practice or like tag your coach in this tag your coach in the comments like no we're not getting anything out of this no
1: dude uh, no
0: i have a, I have a follow-up to your to the to the point of gamifying is this like this supposed to
1: be about you dude <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I just you're you're I I still have the notes from when you came in the garage of <clears throat> of the blocking schemes that we uh that we worked in to our uh, our nice. summer season for our team. And off
1: podcast I, we'd talk a little more about that.
0: Yeah. Um but my my follow up on the on the gamifying stuff like for you guys now are do you have coaches are your coaches tracking like who wins and loses? Is that beneficial?
1: I'll tell you what. Actually for the first time in my entire uh professional career we play bagaroni. We play. We call it bagaroni volley tennis. But we play two on two, two balls, um, two balls at the same time, and we've created different rules for, like, for example, if uh, the first ball, and you play basically two balls. Once one ball falls, it's two pe- two on two, one ball, but it's still one touch. Everything is one touch. It's better to add in more touches, I think, at a youth level. But for us, it's like everything is one touch. If you attack the ball or you put the ball over, and there's no touch, it hits the floor. It's two points. Anyways. Yeah. We play, we play exactly. We play experienced versus young. So it gets split right in the middle. If you're experienced, older guy, you're here. If you're a younger guy, you're here. And we play against each other, we keep score. We play game one game to 25 at the beginning of every practice. It's the most fun part. Everyone loves it so much. It's the most fun thing that goes on in practice. Yeah. And so for the first time we keep score and every month there's a winner. And, uh, the loser at that month has to pay for a barbecue for the other team. So it could be like sushi and beer in the training room or like something like that every week. So, uh, You'd be happy to know the experienced boys uh won this last month, but right now we're down, mid-October, we're down, and mm. uh it's not looking great, honestly. But it's it's so fun, dude. It's so yeah. fun. Our our stat guy like sends us the stats every week. Like it's just it's super, it's super <laughs> fun. Great. And I I think there's this misconception that like once you become a professional, everything has to be so serious. And I quite honestly don't understand it at all. And that's like a lot of what I try to push on push on social media too. It's like, I mean, I posted a video of like you know, Matt Anderson hitting me in the face. It's like, like, what can we ha- enjoy this too? You know, I try to post like drills and different things. It's like, there's so much we can be doing. And I've been like so fortunate and also so let down at the professional national team level where it's just like, what, why is this so boring? Why does it have to be, you think that like, it has to be all serious to get better. Like you really think that like, come on, there's so many different ways to to win and score and compete. And like, so that's why when it comes to training the youth, it's like, Just get them to have a good time, teach them to compete, teach them to win, teach them to lose, you know, like teach them to be a good person, show them why being a good person off the court bleeds into what on the court, like teach them, give them tools, you know, that work on and off the court. Like there's just so much. And I think it's why I'm so attracted to people with like a good sense of humor, like someone like you, you know, because I just think it's like, it's such a reminder of like, yeah, let's get better. Let's have serious conversations about defensive schemes and how you can use them for your kids that you're teaching, you know? But let's also, let's it's like social media. It's like, yeah, let's let's push these things so these kids are h- h- stoked, you know? But like, let's also make it fun because there has to be that balance because well, we're a, spin- a spinning rock, you know, in space right now. We're like, my job, I, dude, I, I geek out about that all the time where I'm like, oh yeah, like, don't forget, like I catch myself all the time as a professional riding the highs and lows. So for example, the last couple of weeks, I've been playing like, honestly, just incredible, incredible volleyball. Like I'm really playing really well right now. And it's great for me because I've had a foot injury last year. I didn't even play for a third of the season. So I'm like, there's my boy, like he's back, you know? And so you ride the high of like, we just beat an amazing team. And like, I'm stoked, you know, we're in the bus, we're drinking some beers on the way home. Like, I'm just hyped, like, there he is, like, we're back, baby. And I have to keep myself in check all the time because I'm like, oh yeah remember that like you don't want to be a slave to your emotions. Don't ride the highs so high that then you get to the lows. Because I I do that sometimes, you know, where it's like then I hit the lows and I'm riding them low, you know, it's like be mature enough to find the balance where it's like enjoy the highs, dude. Enjoy beating one of the best teams in the league. Enjoy that right now your performance is amazing. Keep keep motivating yourself to keep because it is motivating, you know. But it's like, can I also carry that same motivation when I'm playing bad, when I'm injured? You know, and that's that's the ultimate key just to life in general. It's just understanding, totally. like, dude, like, do that. Have tools for when things are great. Have things tools for when things aren't great. Um, and to bring that's this the, back sc- on you, the I think typical, that's whole man. It's so yeah. crazy.
0: It's like yeah. you've got all these, you've got all these incredible things, right? And and you you kind of think back to your story as well, like where you started, where the struggles that you went through through college, where you're at now, these ups and downs, these peaks and valleys. And if the only thing that kind of fills that void of like, I can be happy now is because we won. Like it's, it's a really dark and lonesome time. Right. Cause I mean, we, we've gone through it. Like the first, we, we won our first trophy, right? Like take for us, like the end, end all goal for us is to win national championships at the end. Like that's the, that's the, the scoreboard at the end is which club brought the most trophies, which club won, which club kind of performed the best. And it's so easy to just be like, is is that the only thing that we're going to tie the satisfaction of our life into, right? And it's very easy to get caught up in that game and that race and in and in, in, in whatever you do, right? Like we've got our tech sales, people who do tech sales, right? Is is the number at the end of the quarter the only thing that determines if you're happy or not, right? Or you know, can we all understand that, like you said, we're we're just a little speck of dust on a rock floating around the middle of space, and we're all just out here trying to do our best, um, finding different. Finding different ways to kind of anchor anchor yourself and, and, and be be good with you and being comfortable in your own skin and, and just kind of loving the life that you live is I think the greatest tool that we possibly can pass on to kids and I think that's what's so fun about our job beyond the like the blank slate and getting to do these you know nFT shorts and different things like this and like getting to just mess around and, and try and uh, create some cool stuff is we as coaches and you as someone who for lack of a better word, is an, an influencer, right? In the world of volleyball, you get to impact kids and you get to have this, this relationship with with kids and in a stage where they're like really trying to figure out who they are. And I talked about this with Dustin at length as well, of like just just thinking back to like when when I was a kid and when when you were a kid, when Dustin was a kid, of like what you would have given for someone who like was there for you And like was hyped on you and was trying to help you succeed in whatever it is you wanted to do but also keeping you grounded and like helping you understand the way this world works and helping you understand like the the tools that you need to get out of uh, your upbringing in order to be able to succeed and thrive Uh, those are the greatest things we can pass on and sports is such a such a good tool for that right winning losing Progress, struggle, like going, like having to like set your mind to something and then put yourself on the line, like that's that's life, baby. Like that's what we got to do. You got to go out there and you got to go out and and try and perform at your highest level. And sometimes the other person is better, right? There's a bigger dog, right? There's a bigger dog out there that wins, and you've got to be able to come back, take a look, and not just like be defeated, but try and figure out. All right, we got to chart a new course. Like, where are we going next? How are we how are we going to get? to the to the next stage of what we want to do what is it that we want to do and if we can arm kids with the confidence and the understanding that hey mistakes are going to happen or losses are going to happen and being able to to deal and manage with those like that's the greatest thing that we can pass along and there's a lot of people who are in really unique places that can do that right i think that's what's really cool about what kind of what's kind of been happening in the volleyball world for the past couple of years right of you and dustin and there's a number of people who kind of use social media and this online marketing world for lack of a better term to to be able to kind of spread some messages and and be able to share their stories and, and let kids relate because i think there's so many kids that relate to the story i know we we have a, had a number of players after you and dustin ran their clinic that like i had conversations months afterward. and kids were like you know what really changed for me was when taylor said this like taylor said it was okay to like be like i was a, a fuck up in high school or i made a mistake and it's okay like that doesn't define me i'm able to understand like i can't act like that i need to be able to make this change that's huge and another player who literally like balled out in the summer um he he was crushing it and then we go through our first tournament and really started to struggle And he was a starter and all throughout, like all throughout this tournament, the last tournament before the national national championship tournament, like was really struggling, like lack of confidence. I'm like, what is going on? And he made this flip, like right after he, he was the starter, he lost it. Another guy came in, we crushed it. We got to the finals, lost in the finals. And so we were still performing at a really high level. Um, We're going into the national championship and he's like, just bought in still. Like he's, he's all in, he reset, he goes through practice. he's, he's, He is competing and doing what he can. He's, you know, he's the third guy now. He's the third pin. Um, And his opportunity came in the Nationals tournament where, you know, OH2 was starting to struggle. So we flopped him in and he just took it and ran. And I talked to him afterwards. I was like, what was the switch? He's like, honestly, like I was so worried about, I was, he's like, I knew I had the OH2 spot locked up. I knew I was there. And I knew that that tournament right before Nationals was it. Like, and if I could hold that, I would be the guy and i was so worried about losing that spot that i forgot about just playing and after that tournament i just took a day and i was just thinking back to the clinic that we did with taylor and dustin and i thought about what dustin said of like if you sh- like if you shank the past does your mom not love you anymore like if you if you make this mistake is the world over no no not at all like you're still you're still you and there's still so many people that love you and like you've got to be able to detach like you making a mistake from your actual being of who you are. And I just decided then and there that I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just tense up because I'm worried about making the mistake. I, I just need to go out and play and trust that I've put in the work. Uh, and Dude. he did, right. he got us to, he got us to a national championship that we lost in uh, in three, but you know, it was just a great story of like a kid that needed to hear something from someone else. And he was able to keep that in his back pocket and pull it out when he needed. Was just the coolest story of like yes we need more people like you like dustin who are sharing their their path their story of what they've gone through in in this little volleyball world that so many kids are going through now right yeah it's a a cool thing to be able to kind of see develop
1: dude i first of all i think that's a really cool story and uh i i just think it's also so applicable to myself as a professional you know, I was just I was just talking with uh, Josh Tuaniga, who's the a national team setter. He's playing with me overseas here, and, and <clears throat> both of us have had like this summer had really good serves. Like on the national team, I came in as in world champs, like as a serving sub to play a couple rotations. Like for the first time in my life, I was even shocked. Like I, I switched up my serve, which we can talk about later. Also, I think this like five step hybrid is the future. I think it's so such an incredible serve to learn to teach. Um, but we him and I were talking because even this season, it's like we've been overthinking serving mistakes him and i both and like josh and i have both been like kind of missing too many like missing too many serves and granted like the last couple of games for me has been a lot better but it's like i'll have four errors like this last ma- the match we just played i had four errors and two aces that's not bad to get two aces four errors that's not bad on 20 serves so that's serving at like i don't know 75 80% maybe 80% 75% i don't know anyways the i remember him talking and i remember him telling me because he's been struggling a little bit and this last game was like pretty good for me and i remember being like dude i've also the coach we have is amazing but he's also very like like he wants you to be smart he needs you to have a backup serve for what's best for the team and i think it's an important skill to have but i even said i was like dude sometimes Yes, your coach wants this. Yes, you have this expectation. Yes, when you miss a serve, you see him react, and like it's it's hard. But I was like, dude, I honestly in this last match, I started saying sorry, mom. I started saying like, like fuck it, dude, fuck it. I started saying it out loud. So I go back to serve, and I have this I have this routine of like when I'm walking back to serve, I toss the ball. And I, I say the two cues out loud to myself. And the, the main cue for me when it comes to serving is drive the ball, right? So it's, I'm not just making contact. It's not like hitting. It's that I'm trying to finish, follow through all my energy towards the area I'm trying to go in. I'm not trying to like make some like fast move with my wrist. It's not like an attack in the middle. It's not like anything. It's you need to be driving the ball. So I say it. I say, and I say it in Serbian because it's something I learned from Milan. I just like, that's his voice gets played. So I go, baby, which is let's go baby in Serbian. I go, Idemo drive ball sine, which means drive the ball sun. Uh, that's what I say to myself. And so recently I, I started doing that and, and, uh, I'll have different cues based on what I, if I think I'm struggling with things, but for the most part, I've been like, I've been thinking too much about my serve and in a game, like I missed one serve and I was on the bench and I was pissed. I was like, that was a bad mistake because to me, I don't care if I make, if I don't care if I have misses, it's what was my intention was my intention. It was 24, 23. If I miss, we lose this set and I make a mistake. That's bad. Was it? It's twenty four twenty three. Uh, if we, if I miss this serve, we lose this set. I went in. I was like, I'm gonna drive it on this guy. I, I, uh, went to drive the ball and I missed it out a little bit. To me, it's like I can live with that. And mm-hmm. I was telling, I was telling Josh, I was like, dude, I started just saying like fuck it out loud. Like I know the camera zoomed in on me. I know people can probably see it, <laughs> but I'm just like, I don't care. It's what I need. I need to hype myself up. And I, the reason I bring this up is because like it's so great to be able to be inspired by someone else in that way. And then also you also have to learn that you have to be your number one fan sometimes, and that's really, really hard to do. I'm here in this house in Poland all by myself, dude. Like, you know, beautiful like house. I, beautiful house. It is really, <laughs> um, but like, you know, it's like, I'm all alone, dude. No one cares. And, and sometimes it's like, I had this amazing game at 18 points yesterday as a middle, it's like, that's fantastic. in a five set match that we beat one of the best teams. And then I'm like, but no one cares. Like, and, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about a question. I'd like to lead yeah. this into. It's like, kids don't know who I am. Kids don't know who the best leagues in the world are. Kids don't know who these professionals are. I go back and then it's like, oh yeah, life just continues. And in my, in my like, my ego is just like, but no, I need, it needs to feed me, you know? Like this is, I played so amazing. Like you should be like, not praising me, but like, you know, like this is like, I want credit for it. I feel sometimes like, like this deserves it. I deserve, like I work really hard for this. I spend, I I leave my family and girlfriend and everything to be here. And it's like, and then no one cares. You know? And so that's what I was trying to, the point of that is what I was trying to relay to Josh is like, Hey man, sometimes like, and I'm here for you. I got you. But like, sometimes you got to be your number one fan and sometimes you got to get yourself pumped up. And so sometimes in a game, you have to be like, do I just want to like mull around on the mistakes I'm making? Like, Oh, what a bad serve. Like, God oh, damn it. Now you're thinking about it. And then you're, you come back to serve. You better believe you're still thinking about it. Or do you want to say, fuck it, dude, I'm going for it. Like I'm going for it, dude. And, and if you have that attitude and you miss three in a row, get pulled. You deserve it. But how did you get pulled? Did you get pulled because you were scared? Or did you get pulled because you made honest mistakes? You know, um, yeah. and just to now pivot. I'm sorry, I don't need to. No, you're good. This is not again. It's <laughs> not about me. Um, I do. I do want to know, like. Why does there feel like there's just this big disconnect? Why do these kids not know? Now, granted, like when I came there, it's like, okay, some of the guys knew who I was, cause I'm a Beta Bay alum. And like, you guys have been making merch drop dimes. We'll talk about that in a second. Also, I know you gotta leave here in a little bit, so. Uh, I'm good, man. My, my children right.
0: don't wake up for 30 minutes. It's, uh, okay, sick,
1: we'll wrap it up soon. But I, I'm just like, what is the big disconnect? Like, to me, it's like, dude, and this is what, you know, some guys, myself included, are really trying to do is to start bridging the gap a little bit between like the highest level, the NBA of volleyball and like, You know, like in kids, basically like trying to bridge that gap a little bit because it makes me sad that these kids have that they don't have. It's not ESPN. They can flip it on and watch the highest level of their sport that they love. You know, like when I was a kid, when we were when you and I were kids, it's like uh, the highlights of volleyball was like Leon Marshall. dude. was this Cuban guy. You just watch his, like, yeah, exactly. Like uh, guys who just had insane verticals, basically like that's what was fun to watch. And that's all there was on YouTube when it was just kind of coming out, too. Um, but now to me, it's like, nowadays it's like, dude, there's no excuses at all. Like what's, what's going on. You're like kind of at the forefront of that.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, there's just a general lack of knowledge. I think number one, you, you think about the role that media plays in the access to a sport, right? Like there just isn't volleyball on TV. Like, like you said, a kid can't just flip on the TV and see volleyball, unless it's you know may 4th or whatever the men's national championship is maybe it's on espn too or maybe you know women's volleyball is starting to get a lot more tv which is awesome and i yeah. hope that, that will, women you know, are be crushing that it coming. they're
1: getting it figured out which is awesome yeah
0: yeah they're and they're selling out stadiums and they're yeah, yeah there's some there's some great stuff to I come that. Uh, in the women's women's side of things we
1: should give a shout out to what is it called uh uh i think there's like love something Lov- lovb lovb and then there's
0: L-O-V-B? uh a uh
1: Arua sport or something? AU Pro Volleyball. Okay, sick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Those are the two, the two women's or yeah. So AU, a, Pro Volleyball is the is the one that's up and running. Yeah. Uh, they've got they've got some good media contracts and are doing a good job. All right. Sick. Two, two years now that they've run that. And it seems like it's it's gotten some traction, which is awesome. And then Love VB is like a, a private equity investment group that's kind of starting with the ambitions of of doing a pro league they been buying up a lot of uh, a bigger the bigger uh, girls' clubs across the country. It's kind of like a European soccer kind of model of you know having academies basically that feed into what would then be the pro league. So that's sick. Yeah, some some good stuff there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a general lack of knowledge. Like guys don't know the path right to be a pro volleyball player until probably about like 15, 16. And now granted, there's much more on YouTube now. Like there's a lot of a lot of access. And then you've got, you know, you've got TikTok, you've got Instagram, volleyball world posting a lot of content that that's reaching the volleyball community, right? The the, the algorithm is finding those people and, and showing them what's out there. Shout out to the algorithm. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's definitely more knowledge now, but it's not it's not the same level. And so when when you can't point to something in your own country that's like that, you know, like that is that's the, the pinnacle that's the peak um it's it's hard to then realize that the pinnacle the peak is actually it's over in poland it's over in italy it's over in russia wherever it may be um right you know top pro leagues in the world it's 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 tough for kids to understand that until a little bit later on um we have uh, one of our coaches one of your former teammates chad gordon uh who basically got to did- see him in poland yeah, he came That yeah, yeah. was cool. Was that a world champs? Yeah, uh, really, really, really smart guy. Great coach. Probably, in my opinion, one of the best boys club volleyball coaches in the country, hands down. Like borderline a, true genius. Yeah, he is a genius. He's working on some a whole other conversation, but he's working on like uh, this insane. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Visual yeah. analytics, so uh, computer, uh, computer vision of volleyball. The, the guy's crazy. Look up his <laughs> Dork is his blog and it's wild. So if Sick. anyone's listening, is it Volley Dork? I'm gonna have to check it out. It that sounds cool. Yeah, it's got a lot of good stuff on there. But I mean, the the ability for guys to see pro players and see these top leagues is what's kind of missing. So Chad did a film review and basically each week he would take a take a pro match, right? And so we did yours once. Um, we did one of your one of your um, I think you were in France at the time, uh, did one of your matches there. Uh he does, you know, d- did something with Leon. I think he had uh Zaxa. Yeah, Perugia
1: on there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Perugia. Yeah, yeah. the best yeah. teams. He did, did some Aaron did an Aaron Russell one, you know, kind of like just taking these pro matches and showing them like here is how the top teams in the world are playing. And by the way, here's this team name, and here's here's Lube, and here's a uh, you know all these different teams, and kids are like, what in the world? Like, lube, what is Lube? I don't know what this stuff is. Um, and so, the, just trying to. By the way, it's Lube.
1: The, I love that you lube. said Lube.
0: <laughs> the lube is so much better. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the, that's what the kids on the call are like. What is Lube? I don't know what Lube. is. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lube. Um, As they shouldn't know what it is. Yeah. So that's kind of the, the part of the goal. It's just like we're just trying to show them that stuff, um, and that was that was pretty cool for kids just to be able to like understand oh there's like a there's a big game happening tonight like Leon is Leon is taking on uh forget what the matchup was but uh god i'm like monona like, or whoever dude. Yeah, like, some, yeah someone but it was just a it was just a killer matchup and so they got to see you know this this breakdown of this game after like the next day from mm. from chat um so they got to see some of that stuff but it's it's just a general lack of knowledge so they don't get to see you right you you aren't like in poland give me give me a rundown like what's it like when you walk down the street in poland do people recognize you
1: i i wake up to a parade every morning in front of my house dude they're just (laughs) parades of people 18
0: points (laughs) last night everyone to taylor's house (laughs)
1: uh that's also because i live right next to a church and by parade i meant they ring the fucking bell every hour on sundays for all these services i live right next to it yeah um no i'm kidding but like uh yeah i mean that is what's so cool specifically about playing in poland is Poland volleyball is very popular. So you get, and I had this at university of Hawaii also, like that was close. That was the closest thing to pro volleyball. We really had, it's like, you go to a bar all across Hawaii games on TV. People know who you are. They won the national championships. Like they're getting parade around the city. That is so cool. And in Poland, it's really similar. In fact. They're just starting to, I mean, we just, I just shot my first like legit TV commercial with our main sponsor that we're, we have yep. out here, where it was like huge production and all of that kind of stuff. Like it's so sick. It's so, so cool for, for me as a, as a volleyball player too, where it's like, you know, I grew up in the Bay area where like, uh, people in the stands were your parents, you yep. know, and like maybe a friend, you know, that yep. you, someone hired to be there. And so <laughs> like, now it's nice that it's like, when you come here, it's like, oh, you play in stadium world championships was a great example. This last world championships, 2022 was you know, in Poland and we played them in the quarterfinals and there was, you know, 14,000 people there. Like that's amazing for volleyball. It just goes to show like Poland honestly is the Mecca of people who love volleyball, the league itself top to bottom is like as pro as it gets, Um, the way the athletes are paid and treated, like it's just, this is as legit as it gets. And what's, you know, what's really cool and to talk about like the, about the kids perspective, i have a couple teammates a lot of actually my teammates came from nothing like lived in villages you know yeah. like one of my teammates in particular is a really close friend of mine and he's like an inspiration for me he's like the classic kid who's like he's our fourth middle he's a baller also poland just produces insane ro- like genetic robots it's so wild dude he's a baller he's got the highest he's got over a 40 inch vertical he looks like he should be playing rugby he's like 240 pounds he's so thick he's smaller than me he's insane uh but he's such a good dude he's got a great sense of humor and just a workaholic like he also owns his own shoe shipping something company makes tons of money doing that like because he came from nothing dude i had him come over here the other day to teach me how to build a fire Okay, because I have a fireplace and I also have a sauna in the backyard where you build the fire to teach. He taught me how to chop wood. You know, like I'm a suburban kid from the Bay Area. Like, you know, I don't know how to do any of those things. And it's just such a great reminder of like where this kid came from nothing. And so to him, it's like to him, his family. He said when he goes back to his village, everyone knows when he's leaving. It's like. I don't know. It's like uh, first day of school, you know, where your parents are like waving to you goodbye if yeah. like the bus were to come pick you up. I don't know if that the even whole happens village. in real life. You know, I always wanted that like yeah. a bus to pick me up a little yellow school bus doesn't have exactly though. Like the whole school village, or the whole village is there and he's just like, and I have another teammate who, Grew up wiping the floor at pro games. Cause that's what happens. Like the kids yeah. are like, you know, the ones tossing the balls yeah. to make sure that the player gets it and wiping the floor and that kind of stuff. And they're so excited. And like, he's like, dude, I remember wiping the floor now I'm the second setter on this team. And it's like, that's why they work hard, dude. The work ethic is insane because they're like here, I'm a legend, even just being on the pro team. Like I'm a legend, you know? And I just think it's so cool. And I'm like, damn, if we had that in the States, do you know how much more kids would be down with an, Volleyball is definitely growing in such a great way, but like, how amazing that would be—the opportunity it would really create for these kids to be like, "I can be a legend," "I could be Michael yeah. Jordan," you yeah, know, you like
0: something that you could just easily point to, you know? Yeah. I mean, the closest thing we have is is NCAA men's volleyball, right? Right. So, right. For, for us, like growing up, did you ever go to a Stanford game? I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like that in itself is huge. Yeah. And the day, sure. just point, like, go sit down and like watch, like someone go and play at a level that is higher than you in person right? right. is really cool. For right. Sure. so like last year, you know, like this is year, I think year six for me on staff with Stanford, but two years ago when they literally cut Stanford men's volleyball as a business owner, as someone in the area that runs boys volleyball, that was a massive blow. Like we were so, so bummed on like not having the ability to point to Stanford and be like, yeah. Go look at the path right there. Like there's, there's Stanford. They're, they're playing the top teams in the country. You know, there's, there's high level men's volleyball right there. Right. Being able to point to that path is, is a huge ability to just kind of give kids something to look up to. Right. And yes, there is no tier above that, but that, those are some of the big things. Like you have this big growth at the young kid's side, but then on the top on the next level, like what, what is currently our top level Right, there's there's been a lot of stagnation in terms of Division One, and it's there's a lot of restrictions and in, in terms of like the Title IX and the ability for schools to sponsor it. Uh, but you know, we can't have subtraction, right? Losing losing a Stanford or losing a big D one program is a is a massive blow to what's underneath, right? That youth upbringing and that ability for for guys to see a path forward uh, and have something in their backyard that they can go just check out like that's the reason like that's what we're looking for the next step obviously is exactly what you're saying exactly what poland has set up is this infrastructure and this this media that is able to show and and you know showcase even more than to show what the sport has Uh, i think that's another piece of like kind of some of the cool things that are going on in social media is the ability to just showcase like it is cool to play boys volleyball like boys volleyball is an awesome sport it is so much fun it is so athletic there's so many so many variations when you understand the strategy and you get to see it uh see it up close and kind of see you know how much physicality there actually is like that's big and that's part of the thing that you know we want to do for our guys is like let's make this let's make this awesome to be a part of this club let's showcase what these kids can do and you know i know dustin does that does a really good job of that of like Showcasing athletes and, and he gets some flack for it. Um, he'll, he'll get haters in the volleyball community that are like, oh, it's stupid. But he's showcasing kids, he's showcasing the youth, he's showcasing college, women's college, right? And he's he is pushing that up. And I think that's a that's a really cool piece, uh, and an important part for for any growth that we're gonna see is is continuing to try and elevate it, right? Elevate the experience, elevate the watching experience, making it making it seen that this is something that has you know, not just like a, a leg to stand on, but has a solid foundation of of fans and, and, and people that want this type of content to be seen, at least in the United States. Right. And that's a really cool thing to be able to like, you have that and see that, um, and, and be able to kind of push the needle, hopefully in a, in a right direction across, across the country for us.
1: Well, man, you know, uh, I just like, just listening to you talk. I just was like, man, I think you beta Bay volleyball is like the ultimate example of what that looks like. So if there's other coaches or clubs, uh, listening to this, dude, like go see what you guys got on your social media, go speak with Matt. I mean, that's my favorite part about you is like, you're so open to have conversation. Like I know I wanted to get in some different things, like some Balboa beef, some like fun (laughs) stuff to make volleyball fun. You know, there's so many things we didn't get into, but it's totally fine. I want to wrap it up here. Um, but i just think like dude you you to me are just like you know i remember both of us played at beta bay and like that culture was still kind of looks the same there just wasn't social media you know like just no one else knew about it but like yep. dude that's the best part this is why i love the volleyball community it's just a bunch of just fun dorky dudes who just like love having a good time volleyball is just such a unique sport in that way you yeah. know it's 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 i don't know i just have this like real soft spot for the volleyball community and i just like Absolutely, This is why I needed to get you on here. It's just, I absolutely think you guys are the ultimate and I'm not just saying this cause I play there. I'll say it again. It's like, <laughs> prove me wrong, dude. Someone send me a message, prove me wrong. Like you guys, to me, are just the ultimate representation of what a club should be and what a club can offer the resources you give. It's like on my end as a professional, it's like, I don't want to be a part of the hate anymore. It was too easy to sit back and watch social media and be like, that drill sucks. Or like this coach doesn't know what he's talking about. Or like this guy's like, okay, a motivational guy, whatever. And now I'm like, you know, November 1st, I'm launching the Middle Blocker Academy. Finally, I've been talking about it forever. I'm finally doing it. I'm so excited to provide the ultimate resource for Middle Blockers, you know? And like, you had had me in there to like speak with your kids and to like, I just think that like your ability to to understand, like, here's what we're good at. Here's what we know. We're young and youthful. We're gonna put it on TikTok. We're gonna get these kids excited about volleyball. You do that. You're like... I don't know everything about volleyball. You played at a high level. So, like, you obviously understand the game, but like, you were like, I'm going to keep bringing in guys who are playing professional right now at the highest level and hear what they have to say and introduce them to my kids. And like, you're helping bridge the gap. And uh, I feel super blessed to have like such a great relationship with you. And just like, I just love, I really love what you and Ariel are doing. I just think it's so cool, dude. I have like all the, as much praise as I could possibly give you, I want to because
0: it's very kind. I mean, it's what
1: I want to see more of, you know?
0: Yeah. And I mean, yeah. to, 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 toot your horn now, so thank you for, for pumping up my ego, but again, like having the ability to point to something specifically as a beta Bay player of like, look at, look at what this Bay guy's gone off to do. Right. And, and, you know, and having alumni who are really engaged with it and want to help and are, are looking to do things like one of your former teammates, Brian cook, like we, we did a training trip in Santa Cruz and and cookie came on down to the to the boardwalk and just met with the guys and kind of told talk story for a little bit. And like just having having connected alumni that you know that we're able to point to and be like, well, just look at what he is doing, look at what he has done. Um, is a very, very cool thing. And 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 you have gone above and beyond to connect yourself and not just like, yeah, you know, I played a bit bad. that yeah, awesome. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, I'll come run my clinic and, and be on my way or whatever it may be. Like you have done an awesome job of just of of really helping, I think not just Bay to Bay, but just club volleyball in general. Like, you know, going going to different clinics, different clubs across, like going to Mountain View and the backyard as well. Like giving back to just the community in general, you've done such a good job of. And I think it's a really good example of what, you know, I, I hope more and more guys who are playing at a high level will continue to do because, it, it does mean something. It's not just to inflate your ego. It, it, it's something that, that kids connect to. And even if it is just a couple kids, like that's that's enough, right? we a couple.
1: I appreciate that, dude. And I feel the same about like even clubs because I know certain clubs have like actual beef or there's like stuff we didn't get into, like the recruiting process, which sounds insane to me, like recruiting kids, like should he go to Mountain Dew? Should he go to Bay to Bay? Like all these like, because you guys are close, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what I love at least from what i've seen from you guys is like you're open to to everything like you want to share your knowledge because you care about first of all you understand like these are kids we're talking about yeah. yes there's a bit there's no doubt there's a bit another thing we didn't get to like the business side of things and like for sure it's an important to understand how to run that and you want to be making money so you can continue to get to do what you love doing mm-hmm. um but i think like you don't see i i know some clubs i know some directors who feel like they have the secret and they don't want to share it and like like, dude, come on! Like, who cares? Like, well, are you that insecure? You know, like some of that stuff to me is insane. And so, and and, and you know, I what I when I say I get it, I really mean it because I have the same thing with like when I see guys succeeding who are who are maybe didn't play at the same level at me, and I'm like, this guy's giving private lessons. Are you? Ki-? And I won't name names, but like some in particular that I want to, that I'm just like, are you kidding me? I would never let my kid get a private lesson. for this. He's teaching passing. Are you serious? Like, you know. But I have to do my best to be like don't be a hater, man. Like it's that, or like some parent who, you know, watched volleyball at high school level, or like, you know, it's like, be a positive and, and all, all that, who cares? They're going to figure it out. Like learning a bad skill as a kid, isn't the worst thing. Like, can you do the bad skill? Then you have a new coach and you learn a different skill. And like, now your bag is just full of like, you you understand why it didn't work because you experienced it. You know, like, like for me, it's just such a great reminder of just like, be selfless, dude, you know? And I think as a club, you're a great representation of that. And it makes me think about myself too. Just like, man, don't forget that like, I want to see Dustin succeed. I want to see, you know, other people succeeding and like trying to progress the game and, and not have this mindset of like, oh, I could do it better. Or like, oh, he's getting paid money to do this. Are you kidding me? I could do that. You know, like who cares yeah. about that, dude? Everyone's got their own path, their own journey. And I think what we have to remind ourselves in the volleyball community because it's so small and tight niche is like, we're all in it together, dude. You can't see my arms right now. Cause they're too big where they were like hugging, you know, it's like, we're all in it together, man. Like I want to see the volleyball community win. And the real winning is like, could, could there be an NBA for volleyball in the States someday? Like could, could it, could more professionals create podcasts or cre- do mentorship or do things to like inspire these kids and give these kids people to look up to and like share with coaches and clubs and like, could it be something that where like enough people do it and the world of volleyball in the United States changes? Because I really want that. And when you look across like Europe, for example, it's like they're figuring it out. Brazil, they're figuring it out. Like those guys really care about the sport. And so like the youth, the club, it's just, it's a way different experience. And so like, I love that. I don't remember. Did you guys do a tournament where you went down to Brazil or something? Or you cross travel, you cross pollinated somewhere. Maybe you didn't we played a
0: brazilian team this summer but we did not go to brazil
1: whatever exactly though like i think that kind of stuff is so important you know and like and and there's just there's you i feel like you guys are leading the wave of this evolution of like let's learn from across the world let's learn from the best let's try these different things like experiment let's show people that we can be wrong and post something we shouldn't and be like oops we shouldn't <laughs> have done that like we're all learning you know and so uh, yeah i i uh, i think i'm done done talking now (laughs) you see when i go on rants my cheeks get all red i get all excited
0: you're just passionate your passion bubbles near the surface taylor that's what uh, we love about
1: you yeah and then the passion just stays here my face gets hot uh, but we live with it baby that's what, that's how we do it we roll Yep. Um, okay this is now to me it's like uh i really want to give you a chance to kind of hype up what you guys are doing how can people follow you dr- talk drop dimes you guys are doing some really cool fun things so uh yep. anything you want to plug please go for it
0: yeah uh i mean yeah at at beta bay volleyball is 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 the club um our personal we my wife ariel and i can find us on on all the socials um Yeah, if you want to check out the uh, Taylor A. Roll slash Drop Dimes collaboration that is up on the Drop Dimes website. Um, Yeah, man, uh, nothing, nothing to plug. Just wanted to spend some time with you this early morning.
1: All right. I appreciate that. And I'm going to, I'm going to put some pressure on this. I do want to plug. I do want to make, start making more merch. You won't was like this brand I wanted to start, but now I'm kind of working on, I got like tallest podcast on earth. We're making some really cool merch for that. I got the middle blocker academy, same thing. Like I'm working on so many and I got a job and I'm living in Poland. Like there's so many things going on, but I do want to do something. I made crop tops. I want to see more youth kids in crop tops. I love them, dude. We're gonna change the movement. world together. It's a movement. I mean, look at the sweatshirt you got on. That thing is so yeah, yeah. sick, dude. Like, yeah. oh, I Taylor's love it, face. dude. It's my face on there, dude. And I think I think it looks pretty cool. So, um, no, we're,
0: you know we're here. We're we're ready. We got a. Yeah, yeah. We do have a. I get. I think Dustin will be okay at this. We have a Dustin Watton collaboration coming out soon. Sick. Very soon, yes. So we're to get some. We're, we're pretty stoked on on some of the stuff. Dustin's got some. He's got some great designs. So it should be it should be a fun one that drops on on drop dime. So we we'll I'll I'll let Dustin announce the official date and time. But uh, solid. It's it's coming. It's in the pipeline. So yeah,
1: you guys are making fun stuff. Get your NFTs at dropdimes. Co.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, yeah. the NFT shorts are I think completely sold out, but maybe maybe we'll do another run in the summer of a a different some different uh some different pfps
1: that would be sick well dude i love you so much thank you so much for your time i mean it was like five in the morning for you you woke up with just this <laughs> glorious face i don't even know if you've had coffee or food yet i don't even know what you got going on you got two kids you got an amazing wife like you guys are killing it so thanks dad it's great it's thank great you so here. much for your time thanks for, yeah, having, thanks dude. for having me on can't wait, dude, to, this fun. can't wait to see you keep crushing it keep going my man we do our best baby yeah we do our best <laughs> All right, bro. I love you. Thank you so much for being here, and uh, we'll Let's talk soon. All right, bro. Yeah.